If you have any questions about the book, or you want me to read something, or you want a shout out, or if you just want to contact me, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Hello, and welcome back to my podcast. Today I'll be reading Chapter 21 of Wings of Fire, The Dragonette Prophecy. Queen Scarlet's yellow eyes were slits between her orange scales. Now where, she hissed, did you hear that particular law? Peril shifted on her talons. Uh, I read about it? I bet you did, Queen Scarlet, Scarlet said, with claws that burn right through paper when you touch it. Someone's been telling you things too big for little dragon ears. No, Peril said too quickly. Nobody, the queen was airborne before Peril could choke out another world. Queen Scarlet snatched Osprey up in her talons and shot into the sky. Stop, Peril yelled. It's not his fault. She leapt into the air and beat her wings, chasing them. Clay watched the queen rise higher and higher above the arena. Osprey withered in her claws, his tail hanging heavily below him. Scarlet had nearly reached the height of the wire net when she suddenly opened her talons and dropped the old dragon. He plummeted like a stone. Clay had never thought about how a dragon needed his tail for balance while flying. Osprey's wings were slow to extend, and when they did, he lurched horribly, dragged down by the useless weight of his tail. Pale darted at him, his talons outstretched, but he twisted away from her and she stopped helpless. If she caught him, the burns would just would kill him just as much as his fall would, perhaps even more painfully. Queen Clay saw her claws reach out again, Anyway, but it was too late. Osprey flapped his wings in one last burst of energy, but he couldn't right himself. He hit the sand in an awkward angle. Every dragon in the arena heard the ripping and snapping of bones breaking, bones breaking and wings tearing as he tumbled. He collapsed near the arena wall. Peril landed beside him. Queen Scarlet flared delicately back onto her balcony perch. I hope this has been a lesson to any other dragon who thinks of teaching my champion bad habits, she said, glaring around the arena. He's not dead, Pearl said, clawing at the sand. He will be soon, Queen Scarlet waved a dismissive claw. Now, I won't argue with the champion's shield. The champion has asked to stand for the prisoner. I will choose her opponent, and they will battle at the end of the game tomorrow. If she wins, Kestrel goes free. If not, well, I'll have a dead champion. But at least we'll get to execute Kestrel right afterward. All in all, a wonderful bloody day for me and Queen Burn to look forward to. <clears throat> the cold wind whipped around Clay, piercing the wounds on his back and whistling through his scales. Burn was coming here, tomorrow, and when she left, she'd be tugging Sunny with her. All right, Peril said, staring down at Osprey's last dying spasms. Tomorrow, then. She reached for Osprey's talons and stopped, her claws hovering over his, agonizingly close but not touching. Of course we'll have to lock. Of course we'll have to let lock Kestrel up, back up," said Queen Scarlet. "We won't want her trying to escape again. You understand?" "Fine." Peril turned and looked at Kestrel. They faced each other as Vermilion dismissed the crowd, and the dragons began to pour out of the arena, buzzing with excitement. When most of the crowd was gone, Kestrel pointed to the chains around her mouth. She wanted to talk to Peril. "No," Peril said as one of the guards stepped forward. She stared into Kestrel's eyes. You killed my brother. You left me here. And it's your fault my friend is dead. I may not want you dead, but I don't want to know you. 
She turned and left the arena. The guards dragged Kestrel away under Queen Scarlet's triumphant smile. Clay's head was spinning. He tried to catch Tsunami's eye, but she was storming around her platform, clawing angrily at the air. Across from him, <coughs> Starflight was sitting up, looking at the sky. Clay tried to think. If Perilok succeeded in freeing Kestrel, surely Kestrel will try to free the Dragonettes as well. Maybe she'd go to the towns of peace for help. But then, it might be too late, at least for some of them. Certainly for Sunny, who would be on her way to the Sandwig stronghold and Burns' clutches. And perhaps for Starflight, who would have to fight in the arena tomorrow. Maybe even for Tsunami and Clay, maybe even for Tsunami and Clay himself. If they had to fight too. No, they couldn't wait for Kestrel. They had to escape before the games tomorrow. Clay wondered if Peril would help them now that she knew the, how the Queen had betrayed her. He waited hopefully for her to come back, but the day wore on with no activity in the arena below. The sun, a hot sun baked the mud on his back until it began crumpling away into dust, while the wind yanked at his tail and his wings like a dragnet playing with prey. And Peril never came. When the guard dropped off another pig at midday, Clay tried to ask him to take a message to Peril, but the guard snorted and fired him, scaring the pig right into Clay's talons, and flew away without responding. The only good news was he didn't notice the broken wire attached to Clay's front right talon. By the time the sun started drifting down over the western peaks, Clay was starting to get anxious. Was Peril right? What if Queen's God decided to get rid of her before she could fight Kestrel? Fight for Kestrel. Heavy wing beats in the distance distracted him from his worries. He saw up as a score of sandwings appeared from the west, outlined by the red glow of the setting sun. The largest was in the lead, <clears throat> while the others fanned out in a V formation behind her. They slooped towards the Queen's palace and stayed on perfect lines and then vanished behind a distant wall where Clay guessed the landing field for visitors was. Burn was here. She was the biggest and meanest of the three rivals for the queen, Sandwing, Sandwing throne. She held the Sandwing Palace stronghold. From what Clay could remember, she was the most likely to win the war and the most lucky to kill anyone who got on her way. Dune had warned them that she was the most dangerous dragon in Pyria, meaner, even meaner than Queen Scarlet. They knew the story of what she did to the Skywing Egg before they all hatched. Scarlet was bad enough, but Burn was the worst possible dragon to get her claws on the Dragonettes of Destiny. It seemed like only a few moments had passed when Clay saw the lead dragon coming, winging back over the wall toward the arena. As she flew closer, he could see her muscle rippling and her back like the wind over sand dune. Her poisonous tail was coiled up above her, and her black eyes were staring straight at Clay. He forced himself, crou- he forced himself crouching lower as she swept overhead. Her neck whipped around to keep his, her eyes on him as she flew in a circle, around and around just above him. He didn't know what to do. He couldn't read her expression at all. After a minute, she hissed at him with her forked black tongue. She darted away to circle over Tsunami's head and then Starflight's. Even Tsunami seemed too cowed by this silent inspection. All three dragonettes stayed still and and watched her until Burn flew away again and disappeared into the palace. We have to get out of here, Clay thought. Now, tonight. He couldn't imagine what those dark eyes would see in Sunny. He had a horrible feeling Burn would collect the little sandwing by killing, stuffing, and mounting her on a wall. But it was impossible. This was the what this was worse than a situation under the mountain. There at least they'd been together. <clears throat> Clay wasn't clever 
thinker of the group. He couldn't come up with bright ideas and brilliant escape plans all by himself. He realized that Pearl hadn't kept her end of the bargain by telling him where Sunny was. So even if he could get down from his prison, he would have no idea how to find Sunny in the vast Skywing Palace. Had Pearl forgotten about him? Or was she angry for some reason? Clay paced, fretting, and the loose wire rocked at his other talons. He peered down at it. The sun was just golden. It was just a golden sliver against the mountains, and the moons were only starting to climb the sky, so he didn't have much light. He held up his free talons to the last of the sunlight. The wire had a curious clasp that held in place around his leg, as long as it was mostly taut. But now that the wire was loose at one end, he could see how he it, he could see how to slide it out by worrying it with one claw. The other end had been attached to Horizon, the sandwing prisoner Peril had killed. Now it was clipped to a ring in the center of the empty rock platform, which was why no one else had noticed that it was swinging free. After a few moments of poking at the, the clasp, Clay was able to work the wire off his leg. He was left with a stretch of wire about the length of his own tail. It was made of hard, shiny material that gleamed silvery pink in the last rays of the sun the same stuff in the bands of his wings. He could guess that it was fireproof, or other prisoners would have blazed through the wires long before him, which meant peril scales must be significantly hotter than a, than regular fire to blaze through the wires so easily. Clay glanced around. Most of the prisoners were curled up to sleep for the night. It was only sunset, but there was not much else to do up on the rock columns. There were no guards in sight. There must be some kind of welcome ban- banquet happening for Burn. Hopefully, all the Skyrim soldiers would be there, feasting and lie- laying bets on the Gladiator fight scheduled to- for tomorrow. And hopefully, Pear would be in her room, the closest cave to the arena. If he could just get her attention, if he could only talk to her, maybe she'd find a way to save them. He wrapped one end of the wire around each in his front talons and tried sawing it across the wire that extended from his neck out into the webs. He hoped it would slice through or something useful like that, but both wires looked undamaged when he stopped. But as he slipped the wires across each other, an eerie note echoed across the arena, like a lone cry of a bird or the last hum of a harp string. That was kind of cool, Clay thought. He wondered if... He could make different notes. He tried sliding the wire farther away from him, then close to his neck, and he tried the other three wires attached to his legs. The sound were different, higher, lower, but still that eerie, melancholy quality to them. Maybe Peril will hear this and come talk to me, Clay thought. But how would she know if it wasn't just the wind or owls calling? A song. The only song he knew was the, the one the tsunami sang to annoy the guards, guardians, about the dragon that's coming to save this day. Still, maybe that'll tell her it's me calling. He tried the wires again until he found the notes he wanted. It was fully dark now, with only a distant glimmer of moonlight creeping up the mountains. He couldn't see the prisoners across the arena from him at all, but he hoped Starflight and Tsunami would be listening. Clay concentrated, sliding the wires in order. Oh, the dragonets are coming, he paused. It was too slow. When Tsunami sang it, it, the song was fast and fierce, so you can imagine a hall full of dragons roaring it at top volume. But Clay couldn't get the couldn't get between the wires quickly enough to get the notes right and keep that tempo. He tried again. They're coming to save the day.
The notes echoed around the arena, soft and mournful. How would Peril ever recognize it? It sounded like ghosts of ancient dragons whispering from under the sands. Maybe if he kept practicing, they're coming to fight, for they know what's right. The dragonettes. Clay stopped the last. Hooray! Would sound particularly ridiculous as an, as an ancient goat whisper. This was hopeless. Oh, the dragonettes are coming. Clay leaned forward. Was that an echo coming back at him? But he could clearly hear the words in it. They're coming to save the day. He swiveled his head to the left. That was definitely a voice, a second voice, and neither one was Tsunami, because these dragons could actually sing. They're coming to fight, for they know what's right, for the dragonettes. Now there were at least six voices, all as soft and haunting as in it's from the wires. They slowly faded out, leaving off the last ray, just as Clay had done. The prisoners were singing. Clay set his wires together and began to play. This time, one more, one voice after another joined in. As the arena began to fill with, fill with moonlight, Clay saw the prisoners on his left, prisoner on the left, the sky ring with her silvery head stretched toward the sky singing. He picked up the pace a little the fourth time around. Although the notes still had an eerie, plaintive sound, even if this didn't get Peril's attention, the singing filled him with a wild, hopeful feeling. It seemed like every prisoner in the sky was singing now. He could pretty sure he he was pretty sure he could eat. He was pretty sure he could even hear Tsunami's croaky voice and Starfight's pure tenor. This song meant something, even to dragons hardened on the battlefield and, the, and in the arena. They believed in the dragonettes and the prophecy. For the first time, Clay's dreams of doing something big and legendary and helpful seemed like they belonged to this world instead of his imagination. They were on their sixth time through the song, all of them singing wholeheartedly when a blast of fire shot through the arena doors below and Queen Scarlet stormed onto the sand with Burn right behind her. Stop that unfairly noise right now, Burn roared. The singing broke off at once. Clay quickly hit his wires and a fold of his wing, although he didn't think the queens could see their prisoners very well up in the dark. You, Queen Scarlet growled, pointing at Tsunami, and you. He point, she pointed at Starfight. And, well, probably not you, but get down here anyway, she snarled at Clay. Skywing soldiers spilled out of the tunnel and soared up to the three dragon nets. Clay realized they were about to discover his missing wire. He lunged away from two who came to get him, flapping and whacking their heads with his wings. Here, stop it, or we'll drop you, one of them snarled. But he's a, the other one started. Shh, said the first. You heard the queen. We don't call them that. It was enough. In the confusion and the dark, they had, they each thought the the other hadn't clipped the leg, that leg, and they flew him down to the sand without ca- catching their mistake. Tsunami and Starfight both gave Clay concerned looks, and he realized he must have a fair amount of blood and mud crusted to his scales. Bring them this way, Queen Scarlet snapped, storming into the tunnel with a bird. Clay reached out and brushed wings with Tsunami as they were shoved along. Whatever happened next, at least he was with his friends now.